Welcome to Books in the Fraser, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm your host, Stephanie, and today I am joined by author Ali Melaningo to talk about the wonderful world of a middle grade and some summer scares picks. So welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Big fan. <laughs> Happy to hear it. I was so excited when you reached out about doing a middle grade episode because I was like, yes, I would love to do one. Um, I did one a few years ago, but definitely needed yeah. a revisit. And then with Summer Scares, it just seems like the perfect opportunity. Yeah, Summer Scares is amazing. It's it's such a great it's such a great program. And also, you know, with the um, yeah. Stoker now having a middle grade category, which is also super exciting for the first time in its history. So I was going to say, is that a new? Um, yeah, it's brand new. Yep. Category. Wow. I was going to say congratulations on the well, Stoker so nomination <laughs> for this appearing house. How exciting. Uh, would you mind telling our listeners a bit about the story? Sure. So um, this appearing house is a haunted house story. Um, it centers around the main character's name is Jacqueline. She goes by Jack. Um, and she is 12 years old. She's right on the five year anniversary of a cancer diagnosis. And she's having some problems. She thinks she's might be having some symptoms. She's getting concerned. And at the same time, a house appears at the end of her block. And her and her friend Hazel go inside and they can't get back out. And the house is sentient. And it's there for Jack to kind of face what she needs to, what she's been avoiding this whole time. Um, and it, yes, it was, it was nominated, which was an absolute incredible honor. Um, I'm still, I still can't believe it. Um, and I'm so excited to go to StokerCon. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. Yay. Yes, I'll see I know. you there. I can't wait. You'll be in this neck of the woods. Yes. <laughs> in Pittsburgh. Which is where I went to school. I went to college there. Yeah, I went to uni- you go? The University of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's wow. my husband's from there. That's where uh, we met at the Carnegie Library. Oh, very nice. So you'll be back on your old stomping grounds. Yep. I'm excited. I love Pittsburgh. I think it's a very underrated city. I mean, I've lived here for a couple of years, so maybe that's no. I, I think it's a great city. I, I really do. I loved living there. Um, you know, we wound up moving to New York because I I wanted to be closer to my uh, parents at the time. Um, my father was ill, but we we go back all the time because his family's all still there. So, but it's it's a great city. Well, wanted to ask as an author and a reader, what is the appeal of middle grade? I mean, for me, it, it, you know, it's, I love writing middle grade. Um, I think it's because when I look back on my life as a reader, that was the time frame where I became obsessed with, with storytelling and with books. Um, it was middle grade books that made me fall in love with reading. Um, and I think that it just, it's just a really great, space to work I think that middle grade allows you especially something like middle grade horror allows you to talk about really hard things in a way that like kids can understand you know like the this appearing house is I don't consider it a cancer book because the word is only mentioned one time but it's absolutely about trauma and the elasticity of trauma and if you think about like what kids have been through in the last few years you know everyone has been significantly traumatized um so I think there's there's it's just an important place to talk about things that I think sometimes are hard for parents or teachers to talk about. And this gives kids that space. And I think also, you know, I think middle grade really respects, you know, that age group. Like it, it, it 
middle grade books don't talk down to kids and they don't they don't placate them and I think that's important oh it definitely is I mean I have a middle grade age son right now and just watching him oh that's fantastic has been so nice but yeah I mean looking back on the stuff I read like I grew up on goosebumps and you know every spooky book I could get my hands on and I do love what you said about it not talking down to kids because I mean kids are dealing with all kinds of stuff. And I mean, at a time in their life where they don't have a lot yes. of agency over huge they life have a, decisions. Yeah, they don't have control over so much of their life. And the other thing no. I think, too, is like, you know, I feel like people, and I say this as someone who's not a parent, but I really feel like sometimes people forget that they have the full range of emotions that adults have. They just don't always have the language to express that full range of emotions. And it's like, that's one of the other things I love about middle grade is it it, it just, it respects it respects their humanity and their agency, like you said. So what kind of books did you read as a, as a uh, So I read, I think I would say the book that had the biggest impact on me would have probably been A Wrinkle in Time. That was the first book I remember reading because I, I connected so deeply with Meg and her insecurities and her anxiety. And that was the first book I remember reading that I actually cared who wrote it. Like I t- remember turning the cover over to look at the photo of Madeline the Angle on that book and realize that like, this is a job that people do. Like pe- there are people behind these books. You know, I didn't think about that as a kid. Um, so yeah, Wrinkle in Time, definitely. Yeah. Um, all the, like there weren't as many, there weren't as many um, horror for middle grade when I was growing up that there are now. Like, cause like, it was like Mary Downing Haunt and like, then, well, then R.L. Stein came along and that was huge. Um, and like uh, Alvin Schwartz, the uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which I'm representing listeners. Yeah. I'm wearing the t-shirt. <laughs> um, but that was, which I was a huge fan of. We're going to talk about that later though. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely, definitely the Wrinkle in Time series were really important to me. Um, and then, you know, I moved on and I, I didn't read middle grade, but it, it's been, once I started writing it, it's been so wonderful to go back and not only read the stories that mattered to me then, but read current middle grade now, because people are just writing some really, really wonderful stuff. And it's just so great that kids will have access to this. It's just really fantastic. I mean, the wealth yeah. of options now, like the middle grade section at my local library, I am. Yeah, astounded. yeah, it's it's really it's really big and that's really wonderful i was telling you on twitter but my son and i are making our way through a wrinkle in time that's been our like bedtime book like a little few pages every night so he's been enjoying that and then well summer scares is a library program so what is your relationship to it's uh it's pretty healthy As I am a librarian. <laughs> That's a good one. It's a very healthy relationship because <laughs> it's my profession. Um, Give it a thumbs <laughs> yeah, up. Two thumbs up for librarians. <laughs> um, yeah, so I work um, for the for the Brooklyn Public Library um, in, I used to be a children's librarian and now I, which I love doing, but eventually, you know, you can only sing Itsy Bitsy Spider so many times before you're like, I need, I need to change. And now I work in the archive, which is really interesting. Um, lots of lots of old stuff, as you can imagine, as it is in an archive. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just even growing up, you know, I can probably count on like two hands the number of books that I actually owned growing up because we didn't have any money. But 
my mother took me to the library every weekend and I walked out with like 20 books like that. The library was everything to me growing up. And I don't know, probably partly why, and that I worked, like I said, I worked at the Carnegie library in college and then I got out of school and I was like, huh, you know, the only job I ever enjoyed was in a library. So I guess I'll just go be a librarian. So here we are. And it's a decision we approve of. I'm pleased. (laughs) No regrets. 10 out of 10. (laughs) All right. 10 out of 10 experience. I do. I love the library. And yeah, I mean, people, I mean, I don't think they forget. They know books cost money. And yeah, growing up, going to the library was the absolute lifesaver for when you're a voracious Yeah, I mean, like hardback children's books are expensive. You know, they're they're really outside of a lot of families' budgets. So the library is there to fill in that need. One thing I like to do on the podcast is kind of talk about movies that fit into like whatever category we are talking about. So I did want to talk about like horror movies that are centered towards that middle grade audience, which with my son, I do get a lot of and enjoy. So what are some of your favorites? Um, So I am a big Tim Burton fan. Um, so I love, love Nightmare Before Christmas, but I really, truly love The Corpse Bride. I think The Corpse Bride, over as time has gone on, has become my absolute favorite. I just think it's so wonderfully done. And the, the depictions of like the afterlife are so vibrant and colorful. And it's just not like a palette you usually expect from Burton. And I think he just does a phenomenal job. Um, yeah, so definitely... Definitely Corpse Bride. Um, a recent movie that came out was based on a fantastic book by J.A. White called Night Books. And they just, it's on Netflix. And they, uh, Christian, Christian Ritter? Yes, that's her name. The one that was in Breaking Bad. I'm thinking of the right person. I always get her name wrong. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> She's in yes. it. And that is a fantastic movie that gets pretty much like the book. The end is some, gets surprisingly legitimately scary <laughs> um yeah it does like because the whole thing is she um it's a story of a kid who likes to write scary stories he lives in an apartment in brooklyn and he he gets made fun of by his friends for it so he decides he's gonna burn all of his stories and he throws them in the incinerator and when he's going back in the middle of the night when he's going back to his apartment he passes by another apartment he can hear the tv that's on and it's playing the show i don't remember what it was but that him and his grandma used to watch and then he can like smell his favorite cookies so he like he goes in and then he gets trapped because it's really a witch's house and he's trapped in there and he has to tell her a story every night like kind of like an arabian nights kind of thing um and it's really really good they did such a phenomenal job with the adaptation i love the book and i was so happy with the the film version it came out really really i'm gonna have to write that down for my son because that sounds like something he would absolutely Uh, love he loved um Wendell and Wild, like that's one he's been watching a few times since it's come out. I haven't seen that, but I've heard nothing but great stuff about it. He really liked it. Also, I saw on the list Coraline, which was a movie I had tried to get him to watch and he did not want to watch, but then he found it on his own on Tubi one day and watched it and was like, let me tell you about this great movie. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) That's so cute. But yeah, Yeah, it's one of his favorites. Now he loves it. I mean, it's Neil Gaiman. It's Coraline. Like it's... It's top tier middle grade and it's wonderfully done. He's also a really big Tim Burton fan. So we have watched the first part a few times that came out when my, 
sister and I were, were, I don't remember what age we were, but we bought the DVD and we were absolutely obsessed. And I remember all our peers trying to learn like the victim's <laughs> piano solo. That was like all the rage at the time. I love that. The <laughs> piano solo obsession. <laughs> Yeah, like a lot of fun ones. Yeah. And then I also, I added Dark Crystal, which is an older and darker one, but I was obsessed with it when I was younger. Like everything Henson did, Jim Henson did, I was obsessed with. Um, but the Dark Crystal is one of my my favorites. Have you seen that one? I haven't. Oh, okay. It's It's a trip. And the puppetry is amazing. Like it's full body puppets. You know, it's not even just like... Nice like hand puppets it's like these people are in full costumes and it's just this really bizarre story i highly recommend i'll have to watch that with my son my three-year-old is going through a big like halloween town and hocus pocus two specifically <laughs> not one she doesn't want to watch one specifically two face <laughs> that's very cute so those have been her like spooky movies that she's into like she'll say like mom i want to watch a that's scary so movie i love it I'm like oh. <laughs> I love it. Being one of those kids that was into spooky things when I was younger. I love it. And she can't say Hocus Pocus, so she calls it Focus Focus. That is adorable. Do we want to talk about some books? Sure. Oh. Sure, sure, sure. You want, what you got? Okay. Give me your first one. Uh, first, I'll mention the read-alike I'm doing it for, uh, for the Summer Scares picks. So I'm talking about Small Spaces by Catherine yes. Arden. Which is the start of a whole series. That part I did not know. Yes, it is. It's uh, four. I think there's four books. Yeah, yeah it's content. Um, so I will read the synopsis. After suffering a tragic loss, 11-year-old Ollie only finds solace in books. So when she happens upon a crazed woman at the river threatening to throw a book in the water, Ollie doesn't think. She just acts, stealing the book and running away. As she begins to read the slender volume, Ollie discovers a chilling story about a girl named Beth, the two brothers who both loved her, and a peculiar deal made with the smiling man, a sinister specter who grants you your most tightly held wish, but only for the ultimate price. Ollie is captivated by the tale until her school trip the next day to Smoke Hollow, a local farm with a haunting history all its own. There, she stumbles upon the graves of the very people she's been reading about, could it be the story about the smiling man is true? Ollie doesn't have too long to think about the answer to that. On the way home, the school bus breaks down, sending their teachers back to the farm to help. But the strange bus driver has advice for the kids left behind in his care. Best get moving. At nightfall, they'll come for the rest of you. Nightfall is, indeed, fast descending when Ollie's previously broken digital wristwatch, a keepsake reminder of better times, begins a startling countdown and delivers a terrifying message. Run. Only Ollie and two of her classmates heed the bus driver's warning, and as the trio head out into the woods, bordered by a field of scarecrows that seem to be watching them, the bus driver has one final piece of advice. Avoid large places. Keep to small I adore this book. So when I I had been writing in, in a YA vein, and when I decided to switch to middle grade, I was like, okay, I, I'm out of practice. I got to see what, what's out there. I knew I wanted to do middle grade horror. This was the first book I picked up that was middle grade in a while, and it blew me away. And I'm such a fan of Catherine Arden. And one time she tweeted about my book, and I died 
because I was so excited. And yeah, it's it's such it's such a great story. And the whole the whole keep small thing, it the claustrophobia built into this story is like palpable. It's it's so well crafted. The pacing is phenomenal. It's truly one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, it's so good. There's a lot of creepiness, like you said, just built into it. I mean, they're surrounded by scarecrows, first of all. The scarecrows, Absolutely man. not. And then when they, oh, there's a scene where they come across like an old person, like a person stuck in a time loop. That part yep. gave me the creeps. Yep, 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 yep. Absolutely. It is, it, it does not pull any punches. No. You know, Catherine's yeah. amazing. And Ollie is such a great protagonist and to have a story mm-hmm. where there's it's about deals and really having to outsmart the evil and yep. take charge. And also mm-hmm. underneath all of that is like a total grief story, mm-hmm. you know, and like that is handled so deftly and just like just it, it it's a perfect book. It's truly a perfect book. Yeah. Ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I where 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 are you rating it? Um, I mean, I would put this, I guess yeah, I would say maybe the freezer, like there were some, I think so, some really creepy, creepy yeah. imagery that I was like, Oh, there's, okay. there's definitely some unsettled, it's unsettling, you know? And like I said, it's the, it's that constant feeling of like, like just the paranoia and like the claustrophobia. And I think it's just a brilliant concept too. this idea of like, you have to survive. You have to hide. Yes. Like you have to squirrel yourself away where they can't get to you. And it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like there's something that feels so much like that's the scariest parts of childhood. Yeah. Are the like places you have to hide? Like it's just, it's so good. Yeah. Well, I, I think, think especially. Yeah. And I think yeah, especially as a kid, to have to go against your instincts and what you've been told will keep you safe your whole life mm-hmm. to hide, mm-hmm. to get away from adults, to get away yep. from the other children. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so smart. It's such a smart book. Um, so, okay. So should I do my first pick? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So my first pick is the nest by Kenneth Opal. Um, and this is absolutely a freezer book. And I, I see this and people never believe me until they wind up reading it. And then they're like, Oh my God. This is legitimately one of the scarier books I've ever read. And not, I don't, I'm not talking about just for kids. I'm talking in general. There, so, okay. So let me tell you a little bit about The Nest. Um, the very first line I love, well, the first two lines. And this is how the book opens with the first time I saw them, I thought they were angels. And everything just goes downhill from there. because They're decidedly not angels. Um, so the story is about a boy named Steve who has a lot of anxiety. And he has a new, he's a little sister and then he has a brand new baby brother and the baby is sick. And so the house is full of this tension of like, you know, mom and dad are sad and the baby is sick and he's trying to fix everything because that's, that's how he deals with his anxiety. Um, so he starts having these, what start off as like bizarre dreams about these light creatures that he sees that over time morph into wasps. And I will never deal with a bee or a wasp in the same way after reading this book because, oh boy, it just goes to some really dark places. There's, there's like a toy phone that starts ringing, you know, just like, you're like, what is happening? There's a very dreamlike quality to it. So it's like, you're, you're always kind of like, 
unaware, like what is really happening and what is in his imagination and what is like just a dream he woke up from. And it all sort of gets meshed together. And I was reading about it before we talked and I heard someone describe it. Like the first word they thought of when they thought of this book was menacing. And I was like, that's the word. The book is menacing. <laughs> it, it does not. It, it is not messing around. Absolute freezer book. One of my favorites. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to check this out right it's away. It's really good. <laughs> I am like Kenneth Opal's private. Like <laughs> he doesn't know I exist, but I'm like his private PR firm. I'm constantly talking to people about his books. You're evangelizing. And this one is my going. favorite. <laughs> Just spreading the good word. I am. I, it's the librarian in me. I have to. I have to talk up books to people. I can't help it. Oh, I fully understand. Okay, my read alike that I have for it is uh, "Spirit Hunters" by Ellen O. Um, I read this a few years ago, and I really, really liked it. This is about a girl named Harper who is moving into a new house, which is like, as we talked about, one of those scenarios as a kid, you get yanked from everything you knew and put into a new situation and you you just have to roll with the punches. You have to yep. adapt. You got to deal. And of course, there's rumors that this house that she's moving into is haunted. It happens. And <laughs> on top of all that, her brother begins acting strangely and is talking to an invisible friend, which when you hear your house is haunted, it's just not something you want to deal with. Not a good sign. <laughs> so on top of that, this whole thing is giving her a sense of deja vu and she can't put her finger on why. And she knows that she's been blocking memories that will help her. But will she be able to figure it out in time before things get worse? Have you read this one? I did. I did. I love this book. Yeah. It's, I thought it was really, really well done. I'm a, I, I love Ellen's work. So yeah. 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 I, I really liked this one. Like I said, it's been a long time since I read it. So small details are escaping me, but I remember the experience of reading it. I, I really enjoyed it. And I liked the kind of non-traditional narrative for a haunted house. It took like, it mm -hmm. kind of went away from the usual, like, christian folklore into something it was doing something new and different yeah. and interesting. agreed agreed so. yeah yeah it's 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 been a few years since i've read it too so I'm, I'm with you like some of the specifics i'm not gonna remember but i as soon as i saw it on the list for you i was like oh that's a great <laughs> great pick <laughs> so definitely recommend um, i would say it's fridge i would say it's fridge too i think it's more I feel like it leans more into mystery than mm -hmm. it does into horror. So I would say it's fridge, but it's like, I, that's not like saying bad things. No, about it. absolutely it's still not. very good, but it's, if you like, if your kid wants something a little, a little calmer, that's, that's a great yeah. thing. It's like the, you, you go for that and not for the nest because the nest will terrify your child. They need to work up to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. They do. They need to work up to that. You don't want to start them there. So that is, Spirit Hunters by Ellen O. Very cool. Um, so my next pick is I did a gr uh, short story collection. Um, it's called Only If You Dare by Josh Allen. And this one, I have to be honest with you, depending on which story you read, could be freezer, could be fridge. Like yeah. it really, it runs, it, it runs the, all the way across. Like some of them are, some of them are just, some of them are silly funny scary um some of them are absolutely terrifying the very last one um it's called heartbeat 
and it's deeply unsettling. And I think about it every time I start falling asleep and I'm like, oh God, don't think about heartbeat. Um, but Josh was called the heir apparent to Alvin Schwartz, the oh. writer of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And I feel like that is a crown he should absolutely be wearing. Like oh. as a big fan, it, it, I think he does a phenomenal job. And the book is so great too, because it has these wonderful illustrations by um, Sarah Coleman, which just like make everything even better. It's just, it's a really great collection. There's a story in there. And you know what, the thing that Josh does that I love is that he takes everyday things and he makes them creepy. So like there's a story in there about a haunted microwave, which sounds really silly, like a haunted microwave. But the story is called Lumpy Lumpy, which is just, I hate even saying it because it just, it's just wrong. <laughs> And the haunted microwave will keeps reheating this bowl of oatmeal that over time is getting like, it, it's rotting and it's getting full of bugs. And this girl has to keep eating it. And it's just like, oh, it's a lot. And you wouldn't think it would be a lot because it's a haunted microwave. It sounds silly, but it's in fact, it's, it's very good. So yeah, Only If You Dare by Josh Allen is a fantastic collection of stories he has a second he has another one too um which i also love and i'm blanking on the name I'm trying to find it on my bookshelf um but he has a third one that's going to be coming out soon so yeah if you or your kid are a big fan especially like if it, if you've got like a bit of a reluctant reader you know and a novel seems like too much mm-hmm. these short story collections are just so much fun and it's like you can just do one little story and then put it down and move on and then come back to it but um yeah i'm a big fan what was that title again it's only a few dare by josh allen okay i'm definitely gonna <laughs> check that <out laughs> i love scary stories to tell in the dark growing up so i will do my scary stories adjacent pick now which is don't turn out the lights a tribute to alvin schwartz's scary stories to tell in the dark by jonathan yeah um, I picked this as a read-alike for the Living Ghosts and Mischievous Monsters Chilling American Indian Stories by Dan Sasu Way Jones and Alvitri Wishayot. Um, I did try to find indigenous horror rep in middle grade, and I did find a lot of indigenous rep in middle grade, but it was a bit more difficult to nail down indigenous and horror. Well, I so I went with an anthology with various different authors. And when I saw that this had come out pretty recently, and it was a tribute to one of my favorite middle grade collections, I had to check it out. This was edited by Jonathan Mayberry. And I had so much fun with this. I did this as an audiobook, but I saw someone show off their physical copy and they showed that there's the illustrations before each story and I was like oh my gosh now I want a physical copy (laughs) to have these illustrations that I missed out on doing this on audio and the audio was great it was two narrators that kind of switched off doing the stories and they did a great job I had a lot of favorites in this there was the neighbor by Amy Lukovic's tag you're it by N.R. Lambert um pretty girls make graves like there was a lot and I'm really even trying to nail them down but I thought it was such a mix of things that lean more classic and also bringing in like technology and new modern stuff like there's one where a, a, someone keeps tagging them in Instagram pictures and like recreating their Instagram pictures and they keep blocking this person and they keep like making new accounts and like tagging them and recreating their Instagram posts that is creepy Yes. That 
I hate it. <laughs> I mean, I love it, but I hate it at the yeah. same time. Like if I went across that story in an adult short story collection, I would be equally unnerved. Like, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Stalking, not a good time. No. Nobody likes it. <laughs> uh, but I just, I, this was so fun. So highly recommend it if you enjoyed the scary stories to tell in the dark books and you want something like you're familiar with the stories you want like a new fresh take on it i definitely recommend it that is don't turn out the lights a tribute to alvin schwartz's scary stories to tell in the dark because it's an anthology like you said it's varied it depends on every story like rating wise what you're gonna get some of them like the instagram one got under my skin some of them (laughs) you know like the scary stories books leaned into more like a comedic element yeah that has been on my to be read file and you would think because i'm such a scary stories tell in the dark nerd who's wearing the t-shirt that i would have read that by now but i'm also a giant pleasure delayer so i'm like it's been on the list and every once in a while i'm like should i start it no we'll wait a little bit but now now i think i have to because i'm not going to stop thinking about the instagram story so i need to read that and have that burned into my brain um okay so another one that i picked which i think you've talked about on the show before is um hide and seeker by Daka Harmon. Um, I think you had some, I feel like I heard. Yeah, Jocelyn mentioned this for our games, like horror games. Yeah, the games one. That was a great episode. Um, yeah. So this is, this is, this is a, 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 this is like a Stranger Things kind of story. Like it's very kids on bikes, which I love, you know, like I just, I, I love I love kids on bike stories because it's just it's it, I don't know I guess I watched Goonies too many times when I was younger probably that's what did it or like ET or something but it has a very Stranger Things feel to it so the story is about a boy the main character is a boy named Justin and his best friend went missing for a year and then came back and his best friend's name is Z and but Z came back and he's just not himself he just feels wrong. And his parents, like, throw this party for him to, like, I guess, get him to, like, interact with people and, you know, get back to being a kid after wherever he's been missing from, because he won't talk about it either. And during it, they play a game of hide-and-seek. And when they do, they say this little rhyme. I'm not going to remember right now. But it transports them to a very, like, upside-down kind of place where the seeker lives. And it's absolutely terrifying. And also very menacing. I feel like that's a good, that's a good word to describe it. it. It's really atmospheric. It almost has like, like an it vibe too. Like there's something very Pennywise about the seeker. Like he's just always in the background and he's like, it's just, he's consistently coming for them. Um, but it's got this really great line in there that I think about all the time. Like it has this moment where the kids realize, you know, that they can't, there's no one's going to help them. They can't, there's no one to go to get help from. The only way they're going to survive this is if they save themselves. And it specifically says like, there's a moment where the characters talk about how they can't, they can't depend on the police. And I think it's a really powerful moment too, because it's by a black author and the characters are black. And it's just nestled in this idea that the only way they're going to survive is if they take care of each other. And it's just really, it's really beautiful and I just love it. And it's just, yeah, it's kids helping kids. If you are a fan, I don't know, um, if you're a fan of Paper Girls, which is a comic, Mm -hmm. um, which is also very much kids on bikes, they made it into a TV show and it got canceled and I was desperately upset. 
Um, but if you like Paper Girls, this this is definitely a story for you too. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to have the science fiction bend, but it's very much like the camaraderie. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a good one. Um, and I would say it's. Eh, I think it's freezer. I think it's freezer because the seeker is just a, a handful. Yeah. Like even though he's not in the whole book, like when he's around, it's just there's no. It's it's a lot. So I would I would go with freezer. Yeah, when Jocelyn talked about it, it seemed like the stakes in the story were extremely high. The, the, yes, that that is exactly it. Like it is very like we are on the edge of survival, like in this upside down world. Yeah, it's it's very good. Ooh, I will have to check that out. I know they cancel all my good shows. <sighs> I was I am still devastated about the Babysitters Club. I yeah loved the series. Another middle grade. <laughs> Yep. yep. I love that series when I was a kid. Yeah, I they they canceled that. That was that was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I just you know, it's just it's really frustrating because I just feel like you just need to give people time. Like there's so much streaming content. Like I can't get to everything the, the weekend it comes out. Like I might not watch for a few weeks. And it's like I feel like a lot of companies just don't count those numbers. It's like how did it do when it first dropped? And that decides whether or not it gets a second season. And it's very unfair. I feel bad for all the creators. Yeah. This need to get mass appeal. Yeah, exactly. Like the fact that, um, I don't know if, did you, I don't know if you watched Sandman, but like the Sandman almost didn't get renewed. It's Neil Gaiman's biggest book. Like, well, it's this comic book series, but it's the thing he's most known for. It has a rabid fan base. I'm like, and and even that, he was like tweeting about it. He was like, "Yeah, we don't know about a second season, folks." So you know, you want to people were downloading episodes the day they dropped and now watching them until later just so that the download counted. Like, it's crazy we have to do this. Yeah, but people make shows. For God's sake. <laughs> um, my next pick is a read alike for the summer scares book a small zombie problem by kg campbell i'll read the synopsis real quick before i get into my read alike so august dupont has spent his whole life inside a dilapidated house with his aunt hydrangea his lonely existence ends abruptly with the arrival of an invitation to meet an aunt and cousins he didn't even know existed when aunt orchid suggests that august attend school with his cousins it's a dream come true But August has scarcely begun to celebrate his reversal of fortune when he is confronted by a small problem. So begins an adventure filled with a wild child, a zombie, a fabled white alligator, an unimaginable family secret. Mm. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Distracting. Um, So I read a book to pair along with this, and it was Wretched Water Park by kirsten white have you read this or this series i have not okay but i've heard about it like i saw it on your list and i was like ooh. um so listeners might recognize the name kirsten white because she has published you know other books some of my favorites the dark descent of elizabeth frankenstein hide from last year the upcoming mr magic but she also has this like four-part middle grade series um that gave me such series of unfortunate events vibes because we're following a group of siblings kind of placed in a situation and having to figure it out also the atmosphere is fantastic um so you're following 12 year old twins theodora and alexander and their older sister wilhelmina and they're the sinister winterbottom siblings 
Um, and they are with their aunt Sophronia for the entire summer. And she drops them off at this water park called the Fathoms of Fun. And <laughs> this is like a goth water park. So like That's amazing. In, instead of cabanas, they're like mausoleums and the rafts <laughs> are coffins and the slides are named like oblivion. <laughs> Oh my god, that sounds amazing. <laughs> and the the whole atmosphere had me like absolutely cracking up. And it reminded me of watching cuz The Adams Family was one of my favorite movies as a kid, like the Barry Sonnenfeld ones. And it's like when you meet all the people and all the extended family, you like wonder, I'm like, how do they go about the world? And it's like, <laughs> you know what? I hope they had places like this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they had this water park to go to. So they get there and they make friends with people and they discover that the owner's husband has been missing for a long time and like more people are going missing. And so they all work together to solve this mystery and see what's going on. So this does lean like a little bit more into like spooky mystery, but I had such a fun time just with this atmosphere and this world building and everything. It was like the right amount of like dark humor and silly. I love it. That sounds amazing. I'm putting that on my list immediately. Um, I, I know I, I have the next one up from the library. It's like vampiric vacation where they go to the sanguine <laughs> spa. And then the next one is camp creepy and menacing manner. And I'm like, yeah, I'm reading. Yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love those kinds of stories. Like you said, it has a very Adams family kind of vibe yeah. to it. You know, like it's, it's spooky fun. Yes. You know, it's definitely that sounds amazing. Though. What What is the title of that one again? Um, Wretched Water Park. Wretched Water Park. It's All right. The Sinister Summer Series. <laughs> so, yeah, I would um, say it's room temperature, but a lot of fun. Sure. Sure. Um, so, OK, my next middle grade pick is uh, Scary Stories for Young Foxes by Christian McKay Heidegger. Did you read this one? I did not know. Okay, so I I was I was slow to this one too. I'm not sure why. Like it came out and everybody was raving about it. It won a bunch of awards and I didn't get around to it recently. Um but it is it's a freezer book for sure. Um mainly because well so I'm going to preface this by saying I don't I'm not usually drawn to stories that are about animals, but this is like my absolute exception to that rule because these foxes are in trouble. Like it opens up I mean, the whole thing is a story within a story because it's a it's a it's a bunch of fox little foxes get kids I think they're called getting told stories, um, and then it's the story within that. But it opens with half of the the kit foxes getting rabies and killing each other, like so. It's not even pretending to not be horrifying, and then the ones that survive just have this nightmare experience trying to like survive on their own in the woods and. My favorite part, and I'm not going to spoil it because it was it was both hilarious and brilliant, is that there is a portrayal of a very beloved children's book writer as an absolute like stone cold killer, and it's it's very it's just so clever. Like when when their name gets said, I was like, oh, you did not. <laughs> it's just so it's so perfect. Like Christian, you just he made a choice, and I'm so proud of him for it. I think it was a great idea. Um, there's a follow-up that I haven't read, which is um, Scary Stories for Young Foxes, The City 
which I really I'm excited to read um because I really like his writing and it is I mean this isn't one of those examples like that I will give people when they're like okay like what can't you write in middle grade like what's too scary what's too much which is always a weird question for me because I don't think it's the right question because I think you can put in after reading the nest and scary stories for young foxes you can put anything you want in there you really can um I think the important part is that when you're talking about middle grade is that you bring the reader back to light by the end and there is something like hope it doesn't have to be that everything's okay but there's some degree of hope at the end but yeah when people ask me like what's too scary for middle grade I'm like read scary stories for young foxes where they cannibalize each other because it's nothing nothing it's out of like bounds so yeah definitely a freezer book Ooh, I will have to check that out and this reminds me of something that you had tweeted a bit ago where you said like writing middle grade is not about scaring kids it's about showing them how brave they can be how brave they are yeah. yep, yep. I'm, a, I'm that is the the headspace that I take whenever I sit down to work on a new project, you know, and I think it's just the deal that you make with a young audience. Like I am going to, we're going to go into the woods. It's going to get dark. It's going to get scary. But by the time this is done, we're going to be back out in the light. And there's there's just got to be, there's got to be some level of hope. And that I think is the defining difference between like writing horror for adults where you, you can be bleak, be bleak, stay bleak. You can get bleak with kids, but you can't leave them there. You know, by the end, you have to take them, you know, through like a journey that brings them someplace better than when they when they started. So, but yeah, for sure. And as we've shown, the stakes can be high and we can still tackle big subjects like big subjects, scary subjects. Right. Things like grief and trauma, like all of that can be built in there. You just at the end. There's this has to be that that kernel of hope that things are gonna get better. Like, and and then and then you got a great story. <laughs> that was all my books. Did you have any? I have one more. Well, I'm not gonna. Well, do we? I don't think we need to talk about scary stories to tell in the dark because if you haven't read them, what are you doing? Just go <laughs> read them right now. They are like the granddaddy of everything that is wonderful now. Um, but I did want to talk about Grounded for All Eternity by uh, Darcy Marks. Um, So this is a fridge book. This is a fun book. Um, So I wanted to pick something like a little lighter, you know, if you, or, you know, if, if it's for like your listeners or for their kids, just if they want something that's a little gentler. Um, So this is basically an adventure story about some kids who happen to be demons who live in hell and they do it's a it's a suburb which i think is hilarious i too. love that so much i, <laughs> I know. this year i've discovered that i love like hell-centered stories yes this is for you okay. this is absolutely for you and the, the second book is coming out oh god i want to say july it's soon it's soon so it's a story about demon kids who accidentally get locked out of hell and they find themselves earthside when the hell's bells went off because a soul escaped and they, it, it is so cute because it's it's called Grounded for All Eternity, meaning if they can't get back to hell before their parents realize what they've done, they will be grounded for all eternity. And on the book jacket, it says, and in hell, eternity is a long time. <laughs> I was like, I love this. It's so great. So um, the, the, the thing is, when they wind up Earthside, they are in Salem and it's Halloween and they don't really understand how humans work because they're demons and they've only ever 
like dealt with demons. So they think that they're really like whatever they're dressed up with for Halloween. They're like, oh, it's really a witch. It's not a human dressed up as a witch. So they're trying to figure out how they can get back. And they're trying to also deal with the fact that the escaped soul is one of the Salem witch trials, uh, you know, terrible people that murdered innocent people. So that's the escaped soul that they've got to get back down into hell with them. And there is a hilarious, well-meaning, but completely like just a mess of an angel that shows up that is convinced that they can't go back to hell and she's going to bring them to heaven, which is so scary for them because they've heard nothing but bad things about heaven. They're like, we don't want to go there. We want to go back to hell. That's where we're happy. It's just so clever and it's so smart. And Darcy just wrote such a fun book. Um, And it just, it has really big squad vibes too, like hide and seeker. Like it's a very like, like kid, you know, together, we're going to figure this out. It's just, it's, it's, I love it. And the second one is, like I said, will be out in July. And I'm blanking on the name of that one. Oh, the life of the, the afterlife of the party. That's what it's called. The afterlife <laughs> I'm of the party. I'm loving these titles. Yes, I know. But I'm a huge fan of Grounded for All Eternity. So yes, for sure. Check that one out. I think oh you will God. love it. That sounds absolutely up my alley. I am checking yeah. it out. Yeah, it's a good time. All right. Well, one of the traditions that we have on this show is to ask our guests for something they've been enjoying in horror lately. So what is your chilling obsession? So I I don't mean this in like a weird stalker e-way, um, but it's currently Grady Hendrix. <laughs> don't tell him. I know he's been on the show. I don't want him to be like freaked out. But I only read My Best Friend's Exorcism. And I loved it. I sobbed through the yes. ending. I can't think of a book that has made me cry as hard as that book made me cry. Um, it's so beautiful. And mm-hmm. I'm currently reading How, How to Sell a Haunted House, which is doing things to me and my feelings that I'm 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 concerned that uh, I'm going to be sobbing by the end of this one. I tweeted about it and somebody was like, what? Yeah, I was like, are you still on the Mark hate train? I, okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, Mark... Mark is driving me absolutely yes. bonkers. And I know this is going to change because I, I know other people are like, oh yeah, they're like the March journey is like one of the best. Part. And I'm like, okay, maybe he'll get better. But right now I just want to shake him because he's just making everything unnecessarily hard. And the grief in that book is just off. Like that moment, I just, I was reading it this afternoon before we talked. That moment where Louisa opens up the cabinet and like sees the leftover sandwich that her dad's never going to eat. I was like, I gotta put this down for a minute because that just feels so real. Yeah. And like, so welcome to your grief, Allie. Mm-hmm. It just, oh, anyway. I, so I'm loving this book and I am now just going to obsessively read everything else he's written. So he is my chilling obsession. Nobody tell him. I will die of embarrassment. <laughs> you know, it's a good, a good journey to be on. I mean, I'm, I'm so excited. I just, I, I really, like I said, I'm a pleasure delayer. So it's like, I like to hoard these people when then I can go through their whole thing. I did the same thing when I discovered um, Katrina Ward. And I like when I read, uh, what's the first one that I read? The Girl from Raw Blood. And then I like ordered Little Eve. And then there's all the other ones. I'm a huge fan of her. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just going to do the same thing with Grady. But I'm loving it. I love his work. So he's my, mm-hmm. he's my chilling obsession. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. I think my chilling obsession is 
Bodies, 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 which I saw for the first time because I got Showtime for Yellow Jackets, which I'm waiting till the end of the season to make it my chilling obsession, but love Yellow Jackets. Oh, I'll be very interested to hear what you think of Yellow Jackets. I am... I have some feelings about this season. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to talk when yeah. you watch it. Um, but I have not seen Bodies, 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 but I, I have to. I have such a long list of like yeah. horror movies that I need to catch up on. Yeah. Well, that's what happens is like this came out. It wasn't streaming on anything. And then it was on Showtime. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm waiting to get Showtime until Yellow yeah. Jacket season. For Yellow, so- <laughs> Yellow Jacket season. When I get Showtime and then promptly cancel it afterwards. <laughs> I'm sorry, Showtime. <laughs> Sorry, Showtime. Sorry if you're listening. I'm sorry. But that's we only just, have I, so much money, Showtime. That's what we got to do. Um, so yeah, I had my list of like A24 mo- like horror movies that have come out recently that I'm like, yeah. I'm going to make my way through this. And this one I think leans a bit more murder mystery satire, but it's about these really obnoxious, like rich Gen Z, like very young millennial kids that are trapped, that are in this mansion for this hurricane party. And they have all this stuff laid out. Um, One of their friends shows up last minute with a girlfriend that none of them have met. And it it, like her presence, she did not announce it. And you can tell like immediately there's like, oh, like you didn't say you were going to be here. And everyone is just kind of like acting nice. And like you could just tell there's stuff bubbling underneath. And of course, somebody turns up dead in the middle of this hurricane party. And it is like, who did what? Everything that's bubbling underneath, like, comes to the surface. And oh, this sounds so fun. It is just funny when these people finally, like, blow up. Like, there's a (laughs) there's like the obnoxious character, of course, is like a podcaster. And she's like, it's really hard, guys. You have to have a Google calendar and reach out to guests. Okay. (laughs) It takes time. It's really hard, guys. And I was like, it is hard. It's my little podcast. <laughs> but I'm like, that's there, I'm like, that's so annoying. But it is hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's beautiful. It's like, that is so annoying, but also true. It's so true. <laughs> oh, but I just had such a fun time with it. And oh, that sounds amazing. Movie. I'm going to have to check yeah. that out. It was a good time. It was a good like good afternoon watch. I was like, so that is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies currently on Showtime, if you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> All right. Well, our second tradition is to ask our guests for a final girl song. So I agonized over this because I'm ridiculous. Um, and I went and looked at your, your playlist because I was like, I don't want to pick anything that anybody else is. And I settled on Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. So this, in the way I envision this final girl song, this is not like in the riding in the back of the pickup truck part of the movie. This is the, like, she's got the weapon and she's going in full blast. She's going to murder people. It's just going to be chopping and murdering. She's going to battle her way out of the house, wrecking everything in sight. And I think it really works because it's got that, like, strong drum beat. Mm-hmm. She like, just feels badass. And also, the opening line is, I'm going to fight them all. A seven-nation army couldn't hold me back. I was just going to say, like, I, need a, I need a kill scene right at yeah, seven-nation yeah, army just couldn't hold me back. Murder. Yep. Like, I'm going to murder you now. <laughs> Time I to do a murder. a synchronized murder with that. <laughs> right? Just like a full bloodbath. She just, like, 
wrecks everyone. Let me make this movie and put this in it. That is Seven Nation Army for sure. My final girl song. I love again, that. I spent a lot of time thinking about. It. <laughs> Your podcast has been living rent free in my head for some time. <laughs> so I was like, I need a good song. No, I fully understand that. I <laughs> I will add one like in random episodes. I'll be like, oh, I'll add this one. Um, but I always add one for like the year end episodes and I do agonize over that like I start listening to things I'm like can I imagine it though (laughs) like would it would it work yeah yeah so I get it all right I will definitely be adding that to the nice I made the list (laughs) I think I had added fell in love with a girl that's a good one too I saw that on there and I was like oh that's good that's a good one yeah so yeah yeah the similar kind of good energy for it yes yes big big revenge energy yeah (laughs) well thank you so much for coming on and chatting all things middle grade with me thank you for having me like i said i'm a big fan of your podcast so it was an absolute honor to uh to talk with you about great books i was so excited to have you on where can people find you online um, so I'm on I'm on all the things, you know, the usual things, the Twitter, the Instagram. Um, it's just at Ali Malinenko. And I have a website um, with a kind of probably oversharing, embarrassing blog. If you want to read anything oversharing and embarrassing about me, it's probably on there. Those, um, are, the this is just Ali- Those are like the best I blogs mean- and substacks. Like, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> like, there is nothing about my blog that feels... A, professional, or B, remotely filtered. It's just me screaming into the void with my feelings at top volume. <laughs> but that's it, AllieMalinenko.com, if you are real bored one day and want to have a laugh. I love it. I will say, unpopular <laughs> opinion, I kind of miss like the super oversherry days of social media when people were like getting a coffee, thinking about trying something on. I'm like, I know we all hated that, but like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it was so innocent. Now it's just discourse. Yes. Now it's just everybody yelling about their opinions. It was like, it was just, it was so cute. We just overshared. We were like, look at this flower I saw on my walk. Yeah. Like if yeah. I went on a trip, I would have to document like every part of the trip. Like I would have to every show second. like my suitcase. I would have to show like <laughs> me at the airport because people yeah. need to go on this journey with journey me. Journey with you? Uh, it was such a, it was a different time. It was so, a different time. I have this friend from college um, who I still am friends with on Facebook. And he I, still uses social media this way. And I, I just I find it. it very comforting and nostalgic where it's like my wife needed an Easter dress and they have like a photo shoot at Target. And I'm like, <laughs> I love this. <laughs> That's amazing. It's Good. very Keep cute. It Keep it pure like that. It's like when you go into your like Facebook memories. Remember when we all talked in third person? Yeah. What was that? Why did we do that? I don't know. Or like I, I did a lot of cryptic song lyrics. I was like, oh, oh, it's a test. So many songs. <laughs> like, you know, you don't really know what this means, but here's the line from this yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah. Very cryptic song lyrics. We were really doing a thing back then, weren't we? You're so cool. <sighs> yeah. I think it's because like it was the first social media and if you are of like my age, it was like the first time that you got to see people you went to high school with. Mm-hmm. So it was very like you had to like be present, like yeah. share, overshare your life. 
like I said, good news. I'm still doing it on my blog. Like, who has a blog anymore, Allie? What are you doing? But there I am. Oversharing. I love it. Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod, on Instagram at Books in the Freezer, on TikTok at Books in the Freezer, or you can send us an email at booksinthefreezer at gmail.com. If you would like more information on the Summer Scares program and how your local library can participate, I will have links in the show notes for this episode. Uh, Show notes for all episodes are available at booksinthefreezer.com. If you would like to support the podcast, there are a few ways to do that. One of them is to check out the affiliate links that will be listed in the show notes or to go to patreon.com slash books in the freezer and check the tiers of support if that is something that sounds interesting to you. And you're like I said, you're looking for a way to support a indie horror book podcast. You don't have to spend any money to show your support. A free way you can support the podcast is to share about it on social media or to leave a review on a site like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And a huge thanks to those of you who have taken the time to do that already. I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at Lady underscore Ganya. That's L-A-D-Y underscore G-A-G-N-O-N or on Instagram at That's What She Read. And that's That's with two A's. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time on Books in the Freezer. <laughs>